Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, everybody. It's Jamie Lee Curtis, and you're listening to the Good Friend Podcast, presented to you by iHeartRadio. It's a podcast about friendship. We talk about everything. We cry, we laugh, we think about what it really means to be a good friend. And I have conversations with some of my best friends, some people I've never met, and sort of everything in between. So I hope by the end of it that you have a really good sense of what friendship means to me and the people that I consider friends. And I hope you can take those same ideas into your own friendship groups. And I hope you enjoy it. The podcast, you have to wear a beret, you know. <laughs> that's what I heard. I did. Is that not true? Because I'm a little embarrassed if that's not true, because that's what everyone told me. Okay. Well, for, for my listener, for my uninitiated listener, my guest today is wearing a beret on her birthday. Her name is Jennifer Gray, and she is a good friend of mine and a good friend to you. Um, and I'm happy to welcome you here to the Good Friend Podcast, Miss Birthday Girl. Thank you so much. I'm so uh, happy to be here. 
and you are the only person wearing a beret, we will accept you as you are in this moment where you are. That's what friends do. Well, it is what friends do. It it is what friends should do. Mm-hmm. It should be come as you are. Um, is it that way with you, with your friends? Or is it conditional? I think that the more we can accept each other exactly as we are, the deeper the love and the more chance of longevity and true connection. Yeah, I'm with you. It's interesting because you are someone who I know very well, um, who we have gotten closer and closer and closer now over the years. But what's interesting to me is you also have like a best friend. Your friend Tracy always loomed very large to me in the in the in our relationship and just in an example of a ride or die friend. Can you just talk a little bit about her and how you guys met and where you met and you know kind of like the the machinations of that friendship? Tracy Pollan and I met when we were 15 and we met at Dalton where I was a new student and I didn't know anybody and it was a remedial math class and it was a bunch of math fits because we were not mathletes. We were special, had special math needs and there were many of us crammed in this room that smelled a lot like BO, much too small, too many adolescents. And we couldn't talk because we were in this tiny room around this table um, and the fumes were intense and the ideas were beyond my ken. So I basically would just like, look at this cool girl. And then we met at a party again, because I didn't have any classes with her. We met at a party in East Hampton when it was like, like John John Kennedy, that crowd, you know, he went to collegiate and all the collegiate boys were like the cool, sexy boys. And we were the Dalton girls and the Dalton girls were kind of like considered to be like the cool girls. And, or so we thought I wasn't one of them because I was brand new from Malibu and I was little um, too much hippie Malibu beach chick. And I hadn't quite gotten to the groovy Upper East Side, New York, high powered families. So I felt very much like a fish out of water. And I went to East Hampton to this party. And it was one of those weekends where come out to East Hampton for the weekend. And everybody at this house, it was one of those old, because old money East Hampton houses. And there was no, there were no adults anywhere. It was just all of a sudden the whole house was writhing with these bodies making out, listening to the Isley brothers, the heat is on sensuality. And it was just like every chair, every every surface was covered with this kind of like Escher <laughs> drawings of bodies just jigsawed into each other. And I was, I cannot believe that I am the only one not paired up. I'm wandering around this big house and just pot smoke and probably the cool kids were doing coke upstairs somewhere. I didn't really know many people in this group. It was kind of new. And I knew I was spending the weekend there, but I didn't understand where I'd sleep with all these kids everywhere. And it just felt so strange to be 
singled out as the only like man left standing. It was like musical chairs and I was just the only one. And then I saw the silhouette in the doorway of this person. I guessed it was a girl. And then I got closer and I saw it was Tracy. And there she was. She and I looked at each other and we only knew each other from the remedial math class. And I, I saw her and I knew for a fact she was one of the prettiest girls in the school. Like she was gorgeous and cool and smart and sweet and funny from what I could tell, the little bit I could tell. And I thought, how is it? She and I sat on the porch and like, how much of, how we must be the biggest losers in the world. How is it that everybody is paired up but us? What is wrong with us? How can this be? And so we bonded that night as the two people who were left with nobody even trying to make out with us. And that's when we became friends. And I realized, you know what? If she, no one's coming after her and she's definitely like beautiful and cool and great and sexy and all those things, then maybe I'm not so bad either. And then I realized she was super funny and that she wanted to be an actress too. And we started having sleepovers and doing our homework together. You know, she'd always tease me that I would, I was so ADD that she'd be like, we have to study. And I'd be like, I know, I know, I know. But how about that? And that, and that's basically still our relationship. And now we're well into our other chapters of our life. And, you know, she's like my sister. I never had a sister. And the idea of this person that exists in the world, that no matter what's happening, especially if things are particularly rough, particularly rocky, particularly rough seas. She's who I call and she just drops everything and she gets into action and listens, whether it's like a medical issue because we're both pretend doctors. I know we're going to discuss that. Yeah. We can hang a shingle. She and I, as the two people who like, I barely graduated high school, but I swear to God, I'm a medical intuitive, but I get it. Like she and I could have a practice together. I have, uh, obviously I know a bit of that story and I know how bonded you two became. I didn't actually know the origin story, which is fascinating to me. Um, how old were you guys at that point, by the way? 14, 14. Okay. Just, but by the way, just even the, I'm going to a party in the, you know, Hamptons, I'm going to spend the night there for the weekend. That idea of the sort of, that freedom at that age was not what I experienced at all. Um, and which is fine. It's just a, a comparison, which is interesting to me. So when you bond with somebody and you have that close of a friendship that early in your life, and it's that formative and helpful and close, when you moved out to California, she didn't move out to California, correct? Mm -hmm. Well, um, I moved back and forth for many years. And she moved out here when she married Michael J. Fox. He was living here. He was doing family ties oh. here. And they met out here. I mean, they ended up having their life here. And I was back in New York, I think. It was very back and forth. We, were, like, we all have been extremely bicoastal for, I mean, my whole childhood and her adulthood. She has spent more time, much more time in New York. But I'll let her speak for herself. But basically, she had a period of time when she was... West Coast. Okay. But there was a period where you, where she was there and you were here? Or mm -hmm. 
Yes. I'm trying to give get a sense. I mean, she's been there for years now, and I've been here for years now. So we have been separated by the country for many, many years. Since you and I have been closer friends. Yes, correct. Right. You've So it's always been so interesting to me because you have kept that relationship through a long bit of distance. As you said, you've been separated by the country. Um, she obviously is married with children. She has four children and her fourth child. We were pregnant at the same time with her fourth and my first. That must have been lovely. Talk to me about that for a minute. Well, she didn't want to tell me she was pregnant because first of it was it was early. So it was in that stage when no one's telling anyone. And she didn't want to tell me because she was so worried about my reaction because it was her fourth and I was so desperate to have one. And so when she called me to tell me she was pregnant, I said, well, so am I. And I'm not telling anyone. And she's like, what? I was so scared to tell you. I think it was her telling me first and then me telling her. And we, our babies were born a month apart to the day. And so we were pregnant together. We were on the vineyard and vacations on the sum, in the summer pregnant. Then we were nursing our babies together. You know, we have all these pictures of us doing all of these things. And we'd call each other like, oh, is she sitting up? What's she doing? But, you know, we had that whole amazing shared. Um, it was my first time in her. Obviously, she was extremely uh, adept at being a mother at that point. Yeah, but but that. But, but you know, and obviously, this isn't this is a show about good friendship and people's experiences. That was not my experience. Um, I I I didn't naturally have that with people. I ended up meeting people with children, mm -hmm. um, my children's age. And of course, our families became very close as those kids got closer. Um, and I, I too had a relationship with those people. But just, I, you know, I'm sitting here kind of as your friend with this sort of beatific smile on my face. And I, I'm imagining you wanting to be able to, you know, be pregnant and have a child and there you are with your best friend even though you're on opposite coasts both going through it at the same time is a beautiful shared experience you know what was the craziest thing when i just mentioning that is that they just saw me just so just beside myself like i'll never meet somebody and i'll never have a baby and i remember them saying to me like if you want you know, we'll help you. You can have a baby and we'll help you. And you can have a baby by yourself and we'll help you. And I was like, how, how? Like they just weren't going to let me not have that dream. It was, I just remember them saying, don't worry, we'll help you make this happen. And I just thought like Michael is, was became like a brother to me, you know, because she was like my sister. And I just got this amazing man in the deal as well because I'm such a girl's girl. But to have my best girlfriend have such an extraordinary husband has been such a boon for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard you speak of Michael in that way. And it has been brotherly, brotherly love, certainly. He's just such a deeply caring, deep human being. I don't deep, I keep saying the word deep, but it's just like, it's profound when you have this abundance of connections to people who are, and when I say extraordinary humans, I'm not talking about even 
anything to do with outside accomplishments, you know, aside from the fact, you know, he's a genius and a writer and all, whatever those things are. It's so much more about having access to people who have a perspective and a history with you. They know where you've come from. They know your wounds and they know what it is you need and time can pass. And it's like no time has passed. It's that elasticity of time where you can really drop deep right away. There's this little sound bite. Thank you. Elasticity. I love that. We'll be right back with more Good Friend after this quick break. So stick around. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from the Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Okay, I want to talk to you, Dr. Dr. Gray. Yes, ma'am. Uh, we need to talk about Dr. Gray. Uh, for my listener, for my un- uninitiated listener mm-hmm. to this podcast, I pride myself on being fairly hooked up. I'm one of those people, I 
pride. Oh, excuse me. Let me interrupt you. Just no, you may not. It's my podcast. But let me just tell you, <laughs> whatever she's saying, she's downplaying it because. So I pride myself and we all know that sometimes we get lost in our pride. We get prideful about what we can manifest and do and it it gets a little lost because you go really you're not really all that Mm -hmm. but we I have pride of it and I'm someone who's reliable and you know good in an emergency and Mm -hmm. usually can um click into a certain Mm -hmm. mode totally of thought and I can apply good common sense thought Mm to things but my friend Jennifer (laughs) is a doctor. My friend Jennifer has such a wide knowledge and awareness and connections to every aspect of medical care that you could imagine. And I'm fascinated by where that began. You know, you, you did. You're not a doctor, as you said. You barely got out of high school. How did you become Doctor Gray? Um, first of all, I agree with you. <laughs> and um, second of all, I have an an incredible um, and voracious appetite and curiosity. I like puzzles. And I like to figure out if there's a problem or there's suffering happening. I like to have some agency and be able to mitigate suffering for myself, my friends, my family, a stranger. I don't really care. But I feel like if there is something to be discovered and ameliorated, I am like a truffle pig. I just want to get that truffle. And I almost can't rest until I get some kind of satisfaction. And because I like a puzzle, I like a game, and because the stakes are high to me if someone's suffering, and I believe that I wouldn't be the doctor I am today without Google, but I definitely got um, some kind of doctorate at Google U. But I have an, a very strong intuitive sense of what words to search. And then I scan and I look around and I keep adding words to the search until I can feel like, like I'm getting like cherry, cherry, cherry. You know, I'm just kind of just like pulling the slots. I'm just doing this thing. And then I get this feeling inside of I... I just, I want to help other people and I want to help myself. And I have had so many um, physical issues, especially in the past 10 years. And um, I've discovered even emotional, psychological, neurological, like anything in those realms. I'm infinitely fascinated by what's happening in the most cutting edge science of any of these issues because I'm thrilled by and excited by gaining some kind of understanding and being able to move the needle. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. 
It's one of the greatest friend gifts that you give. You know, we each try to show up with what are our, um, you know, I would also just because I'm going to say it, when we first started meeting each other through our other friends, honestly, every time I saw you, I would look at you and run my finger in the air from top to toe with this sort of look of like, oh, please, really? This is what you've put together today because you have insane taste. You have that gift of sight. I think you and I have similar tastes because everyone's taste is so subjective. I think ours are in alignment. No, excuse me. You just shush. It's my show. You just sit there. I'm telling you that I would look at you and I'd be like, really? Silver Birkenstocks? Really? You're wearing silver Birkenstocks with white jeans. I'm going to- Probably silver clogs at the time. They might have been silver clogs. I'm just was going to lose my mind is mm -hmm. what I remember because that was always an area that I struggled with. And you seemed to, without even any extra thought at all, just w had that beautiful ability. But really the gift, besides the joy of the friendship, is the leaning in that you do when there is an issue, particularly a medical issue. Um, you get very quiet. It's, it's, you say you have ADD, but it, in a weird way. Well, that's the, way, the H part. That's the uh, H part. It's the hyper-focus. Right. That ability to hyperly focus on something and laser beam into it is, I think, a really um, strong aspect of you as a friend. Um, mm -hmm. And I've been on the receiving end of it. I've watched you um, navigate it. Uh, it's, it's impressive. And do you know where it began? Well, I will tell you that my mom's dad and my mom's mom both had come over from Ukraine as children and didn't speak the language. And they both met in pharmacist school. And they were um, very unusual for a woman to be in pharmacist school in the, I guess it was the 30s, very long time ago. And they were, I think my grandfather opened a pharmacy in Brownsville, Brooklyn, which was not the Brooklyn we know now. It's the, a very, it was very different, very, all immigrants and Jews. And he, what became the, like, it's what urgent care is today. Very similar. It was, he was the neighborhood doctor and it was the place everyone hung out. And my mom was the daughter of the pharmacist. And so she um, grew up, you know, helping her dad and her mom became the woman owner, but she wasn't the owner. She was like, she kind of faded away, but it was all about helping people. And it was a way to, for, I guess, immigrants without any money and new to the country could become doctors in a sense. Mm -hmm. And so their incredible drive and brains to be able to do that, coming from where, from where they, from whence they came, it is insane. And, um, and it also became a very social place and it became very political and very, it was like a very strong, um, almost like the artery 
of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And so when I was growing up, there was always that sense of, I don't know, I think maybe it's that comes from like wanting to a Jewish doctor, like this, like that, uh, that idolatry in Jewish culture of the, the doctor. But the idea, it's I'm not playing God, but it's being able to help somebody else in any kind of way. But especially, um, it's so practical. Like you can't ignore if you've helped somebody in that respond in that respect. The idea of, um, I th- I think it comes from the solitary and lonely experience of being sick or being in pain, and the loneliness of feeling like nobody has had thyroid cancer no that i know or nobody's had six spinal surgeries like i have that i know nobody's had their spinal cord untethered and all of these fusions and all the stuff that i've gone through that you watch me go through all of those it's a very lonely feeling to feel like no one knows how to help you sure and i hate asking for help so i think it also comes from wanting to help myself educate myself and take the fear away and kind of be able to have more a sense of control, even if it's just an illusion. Yeah, but having knowledge, having a mind that is facile enough, be able to listen to something, look at the puzzle, start to understand what's going on is, is, a way of controlling it, but it's also a way of understanding it and, and advocating for yourself. Honestly, you're not helpless. You have a mind. And it helps my mind to have some kind of understanding of the terrain. Because every time there's a health issue, whether it's a friend or my family or me or my dog or anything, it's very, um, it, it creates a lot of fear. And um, especially if there's pain involved or confusion. And I like to do, like, it's the wisdom to know the difference. I want to be able to change the things I can. And so I do as much as I can with my, you know, Google and my intuition and my just obsession with, because I'm, it's my obsession comes from like being thrilled by understanding any of these pieces. Mm-hmm. I'm thrilled to just like, oh, and the, oh, and then there's just so many new things to learn about, you know, and everything's always changing. It's always, there's always new studies. And it's just fascinating to me that we don't have to accept what we used to accept as there's nothing to do. I just like having something to do. Well, and and as it relates to friendship, I will tell you, there are many people who I will talk to. I mean, let's just even bring up um, the most recent example of this, which is um, you recently started working with, you have an older dog and a Mm -hmm. new puppy, and... Mm -hmm. um, because of COVID and these bigger clinics, mm-hmm. it's much more challenging to mm-hmm. take a dog in if you have more than one and one has to be in the car. I had to sit in the parking lot for every single one of my dog appointments in the past year and a half. I couldn't even go in. 
I know. And then you sit in the car and you wait for the call, which is, by the way, them uh, shape-shifting and figuring out a way to safely administer uh, veterinary care to pets and the families with safety and protocols in place and all the rest of it. It's beautiful. But you found a mobile vet. And that mobile vet came to you and then administered the care, the veterinary care and medicine. Mm-hmm. And it was an old fashioned idea. It's like the, you know, country doctor, you know, mm-hmm. house calls. I mean, mm-hmm. now if somebody gets a house call, you're like, oh, are you Beyonce? Like, you know what I mean? It's like it's only for the elite and it's only for the rich. And that wasn't what house calls, it was just what doctors did. They didn't make you come to them. If the child was sick, they came to your house. And you, I didn't think I needed to have a mobile vet come. And yet there was an issue and I couldn't, it was a Friday and I could think, and you gave me this contact and, you know, within 10 hours, that person was at our home helping with the dog in that moment. And it was such an example you don't prophetize, you don't, you don't, um, you know, you don't kind of carry on about it. You offer the opportunity, you offer the opinion based on your own experience, and you're happy to pass on a reference. You, It's such a generosity of friendship. And uh, there's not a person I know that doesn't call you first because uh, someone will say, oh, I spoke to Jennifer. And she said this or that. And uh, you're not a doctor and nobody is saying you're a doctor. And yet you have a really beautiful way of sharing that um, in friendship. And it's something that I'm better for. And I know I'm not the only one. When Tracy was in New York and you were out here and, you know, young motherhood, I know, I know because... I live near where you used to live, mm-hmm. um, and um, which has to do with the community of your school. Mm-hmm. Like you were, you got very involved in that world. Is that how? I guess what I'm I'm looking for to explore with you is friendships, like friendships later in life that didn't start. Yeah, that weren't. Like if I'd gone to college, I'd have college friends for the rest of my life. But since I didn't, I'm stuck with my high school friends for the rest of my life because I never. You're you're stuck with your high school friends or your work friends. Because the thing is, is that that kind of being forced into the same, under the same, in the same community where you're forced to be so dependent and intimate with everybody for a long term creates a different kind of, of depth of connection and almost sisterhood. I guess that's why people love their sorority sisters and blah, blah, blah. Right. So since I didn't have that, I met people on movies. I've met people at school with my daughter's school because you had to do those early play dates together and the mommy and me's and stuff like that. And the truth is, is that, and then when you get married, you've got your husband's friends and you've got, you know, you inherit friends. Um, And I feel like I've made some really good friends through my daughter's school and I have made some really good friends through work, but there's something about our group. And when I say our, I mean you and me, Jamie, Mm -hmm. our group 
because we were forced together regularly for many years to, to let people, let each other know the good, the bad, and the ugly in a, within a container that creates an intimacy and a continuity that is extremely hard to get as an adult, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Once you have a family, have your kids, once you have this other life where you're really not living around, your, your life isn't um, around a village fire. And that village fire that comes from living in a community where you're really dependent, grow dependent, and um, the, the, um, the depth of being privy to people's highs and lows, as opposed to not reaching out when things are hard or only hearing about, reading about things when things are great. There's just something about the continuity of checking in on each other mm-hmm. because we're pack animals. We should, we're not meant to be isolated as we have been this year. It's very different. We are not meant to be solitary creatures, even though I love my alone time probably more than anyone I know, maybe next to you. And sometimes people just bug me. But the truth is, I really need to be loving others, loved back, cared for, and caring for others. And to me, that's friendship. We'll be right back with more Good Friend after this quick break. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. We have a friend group. It's big and wide. It's varied ages of people, varied ages of experiences. And for me, you have leaned in during some of the hardest days of my life. And yeah, it was your birthday. I went searching for a certain picture of you that I had, files of pictures from when you were on Dancing with the Stars. And I remember it was when we were all just falling in love with hipstamatic and all of the the filtering that we were doing. And (laughs) I had taken a photograph of you in the bathroom at Dancing with the Stars during a minute break. Um, And what my uninitiated listener doesn't know is that Jennifer and I were at that point good friends. We both loved each other. We had both shared some stuff. But when she decided to do that competition, that show, I remember saying to you, I think you said to me, would you like to come to the first one when they, when, you know, I can invite a guest? And I remember saying, yes, I was thrilled. I was so excited. And I remember after the first one, I looked at you and said, I will be here every single (laughs) week. I promise you, I will sit here every single week. And, you know, I still had two kids and I wasn't working at the time, but I had two kids and And I did live on the other side of town, and it wasn't, quote, convenient. It wasn't like it was around the corner. But I was so impressed with your bravery that you were going to put it out there in the way that you have to in a show like that, Mm -hmm. which is if, if you've never watched a season from the beginning to the end, it's physically ridiculous what these people go through. It's emotionally ridiculous what you go through. And the combination of it all was powerful for me as your friend. And it, I felt like, and I got to move into an, an, an into a closer circle with you. Mm-hmm. And I remember it took me saying, you know, I will be here every week if you'll have me, and you saying, yes, please. And then the 
the lovely time we spent around it really, I think, was the thing that made us lean into each other more and more. Would Is that how you would think or characterize it? Um, obviously, I was on the other end of that story. I was having a, uh, I, what I remembered as soon as we started talking about that was when I had my I was trying to decide whether or not to do it. And I had such hideous stage fright, such incapacitating stage fright. And I also had had a terrible accident years before and had real problems with my neck. And I just had two spinal surgeries and two thyroid cancer surgeries a few months before. And so when I was doing this, I was really doing it against everything in my you know how they say your ego is not your amigo? I was doing everything. That's right. You heard me. Your ego is not. My ego is not my amigo. So my ego was saying I would rather die than put myself in this position and put myself out there, especially because I have learning issues with how I learn things. And it's very hard for me to learn dance steps. And nobody believes it, but it's true. And you can ask anyone I've ever danced with that it's a nachtmare <laughs> to survive anything like that with me because I'm very, I have special needs around it, but I didn't know I just had shame around it. And so I was doing it just for my daughter's benefit because I was trying to model for her to do something because I loved it and not care what other people thought and not care if I failed. And since she was trying to teach her that, I didn't want to be a hypocrite. And I thought, and I remember our friend Alexandra saying to me, I think you should do it. And I was like, what? And she, and I think she's, you know, got the greatest taste and eye in the world. And she was, I said, if she, she thinks I should really, and she might have even had a dream about it or something. And so I, when I went and finally decided to do it, I had enormous terror. I mean, extreme terror, not anxious, not nervous, like paralyzing terror. And I remember going to the first um, night when you do, before you start the show, you go and you do a big press event where they introduce the new people who will be competing in that season. And I had to do the dog. I got to, as you would say, I got to do the dog and pony show. And I went and did it. And I came back home and I was going to go to sleep to go my first day of rehearsal the next day. And I called you. I remember my husband in the bed in here. I went into the living room and I called you and I couldn't stop crying. And I said, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I cannot. I have to get out of it. I have to get out of it. And the hysteria that you were able to hold, you were able to contain this hysteria, having been such a veteran in the business and understand my emotional, um, the complexities of my wounds and the what I've gone through in my life. You knew so much about that landscape that you could listen to me and calm me down with that amazing voice that you can have when I'm in that state of just listening and reassuring me. And I don't even remember what you said, but I was able to calm down, go to sleep, and start. And then I remember the terrible anxiety before every show. 
and you being there and in the dressing room and us being so goofy and Alexandra and mm-hmm. Anne and all of our friends, you know, just rallying around me. It was, it's that alone feeling of like, I'm alone with my terror. I'm alone with my pain. I'm alone with nobody feels like I do. And just having people witness you and cheer for you is to me, one of the greatest things. It's the only thing I really care about at this point in my life. I feel like, as you said, it was the bearing witness, the holding you emotionally and in and my, sometimes physically when I was literally like sobbing, and sometimes physically, yes, and witnessing it, and sh- you know, we didn't know. Week in, week out, what was going to happen? We didn't. It wasn't, you know, for the listener that it's not predetermined. There are a lot of factors, you know. Um, it, it was gnarly. So much gnarlier than anybody has any idea, unless you've gone through it. And they all call me after, before, and after, and they're like, "Should I do it?" I'm like, "Let me tell you something. It's gnarly. <laughs> it's gnarly, and it's one of the greatest things you'll ever experience." And it's it's not for the faint of part. Yeah. Well, what it 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 you not only modeled it. Here's the deal: we don't know what we model, what we don't. We just don't know. We're not doing it as I'm here. I am modeling this, so other women will. You know, it you modeled something. Maybe you were doing it in your own mind as a way to say, I am a mother of a daughter. I am going to face a fear. I'm going to suit up and show up and do this work that terrifies me mm-hmm. and um, challenge myself with struggles. And my age and the fact that I hadn't danced for 20 years at all. And things broke in your body during it. And, you know, you had to, I mean, you had neck surgery. I mean, it's- well, no, I had a... I had a spine. I had a fusion, a neck fusion, and another neck surgery. Two thyroid cancer surgeries. I do the show, and then I rupture my lower back the second to last night, and then have to have my lower back fused, and then eventually had to have my spinal cord untethered. And like it's just, just it's ridiculous. But what I was saying about it is really this: you not only modeled it for your daughter, you modeled it for me. You let me in. And so again, to the listener, that's the goal here. We want to be let in. Let me in, you know, let me into your life. Let me into it. And I didn't have that history with you. We weren't going to go to the Hamptons together. Um, I'm not sure I would have gone with you to the Hamptons at 14. I think I would have been like, my mom will be mad. I was such a good girl, such a mom, you know, like rule follower. And so what it allowed us was a way in that has remained now and now has made it a really important, crucial relationship and a crucial friendship mm-hmm. um, in my good friendship. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't love you more. And I'm so happy that my listener was able to bear witness and listen to you talk about your life, our friendship, 
um, because you are an essential good friend, and I love you. And thank you for being on the Good Friend Podcast. I hope it was gentle. You know, it's always such a delicious feeling to soak in being seen and known and to know another and to have a shorthand and to have history and or even with new people to be able to recognize that we are not alone and we are all alone. And yet this is the only moment when I actually when I'm thinking about you or what's going on with you. I am freed from the bondage of self and I get to be fully attentive because I care so much and because I want everybody to be able to have that feeling of relief because we're all needing that relief and to feel connected to another. And so thank you for doing that for me. And I hope the listener walks away with that good feeling and then they reach out to somebody else that they know. And, you know, again, this maybe models for them something and it'll continue to grow because that's the whole idea here. I love you, Jennifer Gray. Thank you for being on the Good Friend podcast and and I love you. Good Friend is produced by Dylan Fagan and is a production of iHeartRadio. Our theme song, Good Friend, is written, produced, and performed by Emily King. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.